to the history of Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures of art and literature, the Batman. My name is Mason Booker, and as always, I'm joined by London from the shadows. Maybe he'll say something, maybe he won't, we never know. We are joined by Shadow Adam. History of the Batman is produced and engineered by me, Mason Booker, and now co-hosted, London, how are you? I'm awesome today. Yes. I am. Yes. I'm glad. <laughs> I am rad. You're rad? I'm rad That's today. That's the best type of feeling. You're I rad. know. I know. Yes. I'm just like, R-H-A-D-D. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, anyway, what's what's been going on? Why are you awesome? Oh, just good things have been happening. It's good vibes, good times. I'm just awesome. All right, good. Cause yeah, we're great gonna... things have been happening with Instagram, with even just being with Meltdown. The art show is still going on. Still going and yes. still got some great stuff for sale. Highly yes. recommend you go down there and check it out. Definitely. It's a Darwin Cook tribute show and all sales, a portion will go to the Canadian Cancer Society and the Hero Initiative. So it's for a good cause, and you can have amazing pieces of art celebrating Darwin Cook. Amazing, one of a kind. Yes, one I, of a kind. I is literally the key. know some of the artists, and they literally worked their butts off for it and did one of a kind and stuff. And they did great work. If you so like Batman, happy. check it out. Seventy-five twenty-two Sunset Boulevard. You go inside. It's on the left. Yes, it's on the left. In the back, a little bit. Not like the way back, but basically where all the models and collectibles are. Right, right. So the toys and collectibles side, the statues, it's on that yeah. side. Yes. And it looks great. <laughs> yes. Good job. Thanks. Sure. <laughs> so yes, I am just, I'm in a good mood. Mason. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I love it when you're in a good mood. <laughs> but now we're going to challenge that. London, what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, I thought since it's been now a couple of weeks since the film came out, I thought we would do a review and discussion on the animated movie Batman the Killing Joke. I am because many of you have asked me, what did I think about it? Many people have asked me, what have I thought about it? Yes. And I kept telling them, wait for the show. <laughs> exactly. Tune into this episode. I think we have lots to say. Yes, we do. So we will talk about the film, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, comparing it to the comic, and just our thoughts on it, and... Yes, just to see what the... Because there's been a lot of mixed reviews. Very mixed. Very mixed reviews. I can tell you that and I was at Comic-Con. Yes. And it was it was a bombshell. Right. It was And unreal. we will talk about the Comic-Con uh, world premiere experience that I heard about as well. Yes. And <laughs> happy, happy to back you up. Yes. So overall, what did you think about it? Not giving too much detail because we're going to dissect it dissected completely okay. but all right we're gonna go into so what later. in, in general, general yes general in impression. a general impression yes uh, <laughs> um i thought it was should i thought it should be two movies i thought right. it, i thought it needed to be split um the basically the first 30 minutes and i'll i'll get into this when we dissect it but i thought the first 30 minutes were basically a completely separate film and the, mm -hmm. and the last 60 was a fairly reasonably faithful adaptation of The Killing Joke. Right. Uh, it could have been improved on um, in different ways that we'll discuss. 
but it was okay. Uh, the first 30 minutes, I thought, as it as its own thing, it was okay. It should have been a separate film, and it had no business being... They, they had no business being combined. One did, did nothing to complement the other. What did you think? Oh, I, I agree with that point. I'm shocked because <laughs> you love everything. I do, and I did really really enjoy this film because the killing joke is perhaps my favorite batman you have you have said so on many occasions i'm holding it right now it's in your hand it is in my hand right now just in case i need to reference something but i like i agree the first 30 minutes which we'll talk about next i i have mixed feelings about it and from reading and we'll talk about this too um bruce tim who was the executive producer on the project he did an interview with vulture and discussed the film and why he put certain things in the movie and all of that so we'll talk about oh, that i'd love to, know to hear about that. see his viewpoint and see if you agree you're so more better connected than i am <laughs> <laughs> and Although the first the first half hour I have mixed reviews with it or mixed feelings, I think the rest of the movie, which was very faithful to the comic from bringing to life the panels uh, yes. to uh, just the dialogue, I think that they took it straight from the book, which I really appreciate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a little little dog action. So I know. We're, we're good. We're Sorry good. about that. That's okay. That's life. That's that. That shows things, you that we're real and raw here. Yes, things happen. So, we're but rec- yes, we're so, recording live in London's Nerd Cave. Yes, basically. today we are in the Nerd Cave. Something random. And when, but these episodes have to happen, Mason. No, so sometimes I, wa- this, I want it to happen. I'm yes. happy to I'm happy to be part of it. We exactly. just are also dealing with your lovely dogs. Yes, my dogs. And I'm sure some of you might even know, especially if you follow Instagram, Gohan is not too thrilled for some reason right now. Usually there's no reason. He's just <laughs> he's he just, just feels like I need to bark sometimes and then he's mellow he the rest of the time. Yeah, so a, if cool you dog. so if you hear a dog barking, that's what it is. And that's I apologize just, in advance. It's okay. <laughs> but yes, overall I did enjoy the movie because as you know, it's one of my favorites and I have been anticipating seeing this come to you life. You have been talking for about a it long for months. Time. And yes, when I I remember when you first announced it on this show yes and you were so excited I was so, so excited. excited yes and, and there is was... a whole episode that's just me talking about the comic the killing joke yeah uh, check I'm, it out i don't i don't remember the number by notes called madness is the emergency exit a history of killing joke so look for that and we'll if talk you just about want to why hear it's called that right and its importance and all of those things so if you want to hear more about the comic then definitely listen to that episode but we'll get into it just a little bit here yeah, so yeah. yes i enjoyed it i did but okay. let's oh and overall I did. But I uh I guess we can start with just the first part since sure. that is the most controversial, controversial part. And I have to say I found out that in well okay to, for starters they added a uh, Brian Azzarello as a screenwriter. Who who is not a shabby writer? He has written <laughs> numerous comics. If right, I'm not um, one of I, I suppose for us Batman fans, the most popular is Joker. He did that with Lee Bermijo, that one shot, uh, which was around I think two thousand eight or two thousand nine, and it's I, it is it is one of the darkest portrayals of Joker. I have to say, 
uh, Azarello's Joker. <laughs> it's very, I actually just reread it uh, not too long ago, like a few days ago. And just, I mean, Joker is always a dark character. It's, uh, yeah. it's that I think that's easy to say, but some of the actions he does, I mean, he doesn't just, you know, murder, but he tortures, he rapes. It's just very, it's it's dark. Yeah, well, he's he's crazy. Right. <laughs> he's insane. He exactly. has no boundaries. Although, and we can talk about this a little bit when we get into Suicide Squad in a different episode, but mm-hmm. um, Jared Leto's uh, portrayal of the Joker, I thought, was very different and a little more yes. lighthearted, question mark. Right. Very interesting. Yes, and I think that was more of um, other people in involved in the film's choice interesting so we will discuss that we'll, we'll get that we'll get because <laughs> we are also going to do a suicide squad film review yeah. for those interested teaser so we, so we will do that yes. <laughs> but okay so the killing joke as you know is one is a one graphic novel it's the one shot initially it was initially it was initially outside the continuity yeah. and then they put it inside the continuity written but it, by alan moore yes alan moore watchman fame. yes and uh art by brian boland and originally john higgins and todd klein um and they wanted they i heard from several sources that they wanted to do a killing joke movie for a while and they attempted mm. a few times but it always got shut down more so because it would be too short it would be almost oh. just a 30 minute at most 45 minute short film Interesting. but they wanted it to be a full-length film so they decided to give backstory to barbara gordon's batgirl because if you've read the comic you don't see Batgirl. you see barbara gordon and you sure. see the tragic event that happens but she's never in her costume she's never in disguise mm. she is just barbara gordon so they wanted to give her a batgirl background to put it i suppose more in a context and to also just make the film a little longer so that first 30 minutes that you see is not part of the comic at all it's not it, it is a brand new story right and it it reads that way yes and me. it's funny that you mentioned that it seemed like two different stories because in the interview with vulture bruce tim even says it feeds it feels like two different stories very he much even so. said that yeah he said it doesn't <laughs> i agree with you because they asked oh how does the prequel part for batgirl connect with the killing joke comic and he's like it doesn't it doesn't yeah that's actually my <laughs> so if you're piece. trying to read how one part fits with the other and how it meshes together the most that i would say is that they wanted more reason for Batman to react and see a have a personal vendetta with Joker from their prior relationship. Which, if yeah. you, if you haven't seen the movie, hopefully at this point you've seen the film or you've heard about this, which I'm sure because it was even on I'm sure. it USA was, Today. It and was everywhere. <laughs> it was everywhere yeah. that in the first part of the film, the 30 minutes, you learn that Barbara has this attraction and she likes Bruce. She likes Batman. And they get into this large argument and while they're on the rooftop and they it turns into pretty much angry sex yeah it, it turns into a basically a, <laughs> and, a, a sam and right, diane moment and, where the <laughs> the anger is really just about the sexual frustration between right them. exactly so this piece of information came out before the world premiere of the film that friday at san diego comic-con so like friday right. morning it was revealed that batman and batgirl have sex and everyone's mind went Poof. yes i was completely shocked when i first read that i was like 
No, it it threw me. I I, I was shocked. You. And most things with Batman and stories, because anything can happen, you feel like it's like, oh, okay, I can see that that's a thing. This, no, no, and not <laughs> no, not really. And I think for most people. There were a few factors why this was shocking because Batman and Batgirl's relationship ever since she was introduced in Detective Comics 359 in 1967, early 1967, it just never read that way. She always admired Batman and that's one of the reasons why she made the costume of Batgirl wanted to be that guy because she was inspired by him to be that crime fighter. And but their relationship was always a, in a platonic sense. It yeah. Well, I wouldn't say platonic, but I would I would say familial. Like it played mm-hmm. to me in my experience of the comics that it was always kind of a father daughter thing. Like definitely, like I she, could see that. She, uh, obviously, she's Jim Gordon's daughter, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. But right. but when she dons the cowl, she's kind of Batman's daughter, similar to how Robin is his son. Exactly. And that was another thing that people said. I was like, oh, I thought Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon had a thing where they are together a lot in comics and media, which is true as well. And people, I suppose, think, oh, Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon are usually around the same age. And it just seems like Bruce is so much older. So that was another thing. Even though if you think about it, if she's working at the, the Gotham Library and usually she is at the po- at the point of like a graduate student right so she's, she's of age she is she's, she's around her <laughs> she, 20s but right. i mean bruce, and bruce is, is kind of probably like 40s ish you know it depends because i mean i mean he's in rock and shape but right you know and it, it always depends on the age sometimes they say he's in it depends his late 20s usually when it's the young year one right batman so right. he could be mid 30s early 40s at the most and then right. usually that's the cap with age so yes he probably has about f- at least 15 years on her yeah so people thought oh that's disgusting that's, well, I've I've had lots of comments. Sure, <laughs> and I certainly see where they're where they're coming from on that. Um, I will say that, as it was portrayed in the film, Barbara Gordon is at, at like you said at least senior year in college and or grad student. Right. Um, so she's in her early to mid twenties, and Batman at this point, thirty six. Right. Maybe I would 40. say I would say mid thirties. You know, so we're talking a ten year gap. Right. Um, that happens all the time by the way in my experience right i don't have a problem with that uh what i do have a problem with um was that it didn't feel genuine it felt like something that was very contrived and it was like it it felt like fan fiction it felt like what if batman and batgirl got together let me let's flesh that out and i didn't see uh, a reasoning for it. It didn't need to be there. Certainly not in the context of the Killing Joke, one of one of the most revered Batman stories of all time. I will say that if you wanted to up the stakes with him and Barbara, I I don't think it was necessary for them to have sex. Um, there are other ways that you could have done it. You could have had a, a run in with the Joker previously, or or even some someone else and that she got hurt through Batman's inaction or inability because, you know, he always carries that guilt with him. Interestingly right. enough, Robin, nowhere to be found. He's right. not in this. He is not. And in the original comic, Robin is nowhere to be found. Right. So that, that 
already kind of set it up for me that this this was like in Elseworlds. This was like a one shot. And so if you want to take that story that Batman hooks up with Batgirl in this Elseworld one shot, go for it. Like I don't have a problem with that. It's it's kind of interesting. Um I, I wouldn't tie it to the killing joke. I don't see that the two do not equate. I don't think that they have any reason to be together. It just feels like a separate story. In fact, if you wanted to take Barbara Gordon hooking up with Batman and bring Robin into it somehow, which I believe you said there was a comic where that a one shot where that happened. Yes, and I was actually going to talk about that, but Please I but, talk about it. But I agree. Uh, well, Bruce Tim was a, the executive producer, and he also produced, of course, the anime series, but then Batman Beyond that came out in 1999 through 2001, the the anime television series. And even in that series, before the spinoff comics happened, they hinted at a flirtatious relationship between Bruce and Barbara, but nothing right. more. It was it's hinted at for a second. And, it's also hinted at in uh, Batman Beyond, as as in that. In that famous episode that I took the clip of Talia correcting you, London, um, <laughs> Batman is actually sitting in his computer, like reviewing basically old loves, and uh, one of them is Batgirl. Right. So, but it's never discussed. It's never discussed. It's never expanded upon. Which, right. and I think that, and I heard that Bruce Tim has always had an interest or a fascination with that relationship as a romantic one so sure like what if right whatever. and in 2014 there was a, a batman beyond 2.0 that was a limited series and kyle higgins wrote it and i believe it's issue 28 and it expands on or explains why dick grayson and bruce wayne have had such a bad relationship within this universe is kind of in the batman beyond universe which is why you don't really see him in the batman beyond cartoons and things like that who's terry mcginnis (laughs) is he another nightwing (laughs) exactly so in that comic um grayson explains to terry mcginnis why batman and him or bruce and him clash or they they're not in in good faith anymore oh and, and so it over Barbara? and it's because of this it's because while uh dick grayson was gone i believe he was with titans and doing his own sure. thing it wasn't in gotham bruce and barbara have this affair this relationship and this one night stand exactly and then once um dick comes back and then him and barbara reconnect mm-hmm. and they're they're feeling they're like yes this is great barbara goes to bruce and tells him that she is pregnant and That's crazy, at first bruce is like oh well let me i have to congratulate dick and then she's like oh i'm seven weeks pregnant and dick just came back three weeks ago oh, and it's like, bruce oh Wayne. exactly so bruce got barbara least, pregnant but does he he stands by her i hope well, yes, and He's and like, the I'll first, but the first thing he does is, I'm gonna go tell Dick. Good, good man. Okay, so first, but of course, destroys everything. Right. So of course, at first, he says, "Me and Barbara had this relationship," and Dick totally freaks out. He's like, "You know, I've loved her since high school. You yes. know, I've had these feelings. Yes. How could you do this?" And then, oh, let me just add on that she's pregnant she's too, got a kid. and they Baby fight. Wayne. Dick Grayson just like punches him, and it's mad, which fair <laughs> see now let me stop you real quick Pause. This, just a little this sounds because... like a wonderful animated film to me <laughs> i would love to see this film it doesn't have to be in the batman beyond universe it mm-hmm. could just be in some sort of 
one shot Elseworlds modern right. day thing. Bruce Wayne and Batgirl hook up. The the flirtation tension that they were building in the first thirty minutes of this movie, you know, for whatever reason is is true. They hook up and then there are these consequences. Dick comes back, they wrestle with it. Can Batman and Robin still work together? It just it destroys their relationship. Batman and Batgirl's relationship is destroyed. The Kendall's There's the, lots of layers to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The 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 relationship between Barbara and uh uh, dick you know where's that and then i don't know maybe throw some starfire in there just for fun <laughs> because i'm a huge starfire fan that sounds like an amazing film that yes. i would want to watch i would want to watch 90 minutes of that and i want to see it all and it, you can call it like batman you know darkest heart or whatever <laughs> i don't know but that sounds great to yes. me like this whole thing it also sounds like a one shot like something out of continuity exactly just That's like just kind of cool it's just see. a part of this batman beyond alternate timeline right. universe so it's just to this or, or just or just a separate thing it's it's just it doesn't separate have to completely. be batman beyond it can be whatever like right. you can have the modern batman do it but it doesn't belong in the killing joke exactly that's my big and beef. of course at the, oh at the end of this story you learn that barbara loses the baby she has a miscarriage so oh that doesn't even how convenient <laughs> but i and i ends is... up with dick who, who was recently with in the arms of starfire i mean this this just writes itself I don't understand why they are, aren't doing this already. There's trauma. It's tragic because loses the baby. Who it's hard to Exactly. And then maybe Batman and Starfire hook up. Who knows? <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Yes. So I think within the Batman Beyond universe, that, that's a great addition to or, this or story. Or the regular Batman or universe. Or even the regular one. It just one. doesn't belong It here. just didn't feel like it fit with the killing joke. Like you said, if they did... At all. <laughs> if they had Joker as the main bad guy instead of that Paris Franz guy, I, and they did some type of thing with that, yeah. that would more that connect. Would, that would connect it. I will say this, for what it's worth. The, treating treating Batgirl's first 30 minute little story here as a separate entity. Uh, I did enjoy it as a Batgirl story right. and I did like the villain. I liked Paris. I thought he had probably the best dialogue and also his character was uh, one of the ones that you love to hate. He was, he was narcissistic to the point of, you know, I'm a crazy badass basically and and he pulled it off i agree you know? he was a good villain yeah definitely i enjoyed that part i, I, I did just too. didn't think it needed to be there in in relation to anything else and to the point full full disclosure lennon and i watched this together i turned to you at the end of it at the end of that part when it switched over to the killing joke it was literally like changing tracks it like fades <laughs> to black and then right. comes up on a different scene and it's like i think it says like one month later or something like that and i was like um you could have just cut that completely completely out and it doesn't make any difference at all right and that you lost me and after reading bruce tim's interview saying yes they're completely different stories you could totally see it that way and they don't really connect that doesn't help me try to no. justify if that first 30 minutes was needed in this film <laughs> and and given given the content uh it was such a shocker this this was my experience uh at comic-con uh vitriolic hate from the fans yes uh, people were literally punching walls kicking chairs screaming about how horrible this was a betrayal right uh, and a betrayal of trust and i i really was thinking why why is this 
this way. Like it's not, obviously it's not that big of a deal. Um, but the answer is this, this comic is so revered that anything connected to it is considered canon. It's not considered a, uh, a separate thing anymore. Now, anything that's connected to the killing joke is considered canon. It's considered an expansion on this story that has impacted people so many ways that, that this, and so by throwing, throwing a sexual relationship with Barbara Gordon into something that is automatically considered canon, I think upset everyone. It would be, I, I heard this probably extraordinarily strong comparison, but they were like, what if they just threw a new thing into the Bible? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that you didn't know about like, Oh, by the way, Jesus had sex with, I don't know, Mary Magdalene or something. And you're like, Oh my God, that's, <laughs> That changes a lot of things, you know? Right. Even and, though a lot of people say that that happened. Anyway, go ahead. And also from the reaction I've seen reading different reviews. Was it and vitriol? <laughs> <laughs> it seems that a lot of people already think that The Killing Joke, for, a, a lot of people think it is a bad comic for women because at the time, right. Barbara Gordon was back girl, the, one there. of the strongest female characters in the DC canon sure, at the time. Sure. And then she's little, people see she's used as a plot device to further Joker's agenda to try to right. make Gordon crazy. And, but in on the side, Batgirl's gone. She right. she's shot. She's paralyzed. She can't be Batgirl anymore. And so people think, sure. okay, they already dealt with messed up this character, and now you're gonna make her um, like fawning over Bruce. They have sex, and then she's trying to talk to him, and he gives her the cold shoulder, and that she's was, like a lovesick girl. Yeah, that <laughs> was the other thing that really uh, upset me about it was. You know, even even if I am to accept that they have sex in this in this universe, which is you know, all right, we'll, we'll <laughs> it happened. We'll, we'll take a we'll take a, a a grain of salt and say like, all right, it happened. Um, Batman is a total dick. He is. He is a complete <laughs> asshole. He literally was like, I bang you, and now I don't talk to you. I cut you out completely. Barbara's scared and confused. This man that she idolized. Right. She's is like, just it like, was just sex. I don't well, care. You don't have, that's what she's telling him. Yeah. That, yeah that's of course. That's, that's what she's like saying. Of course. But there's so much feeling behind yeah, exactly. there that she has. Yeah. I mean, she's upset and she feels neglected and abandoned right. and basically abused. Exactly. And that's Batman, how she feels. And Batman's just like, no comment. No. <laughs> like, Not we'll gonna, talk later. We'll talk later. Hang, Hang up. up. <laughs> And I was just like, Batman, you are a dick. You are a dick yes, jerk. Yes, he definitely did not handle that No, situation. it was horrible. And, and if I could just go one step further, what's interesting is that, so Barbara's whole thing about, I mean, if we're going to accept that, let's embrace this this part of the story. I'm just treating it separately. Let's, right. let, let's take this little 30-minute story here. Um, you know, she she's right. She she's like we have a relationship we fight crime together we are doing all this stuff together he's a mentor to me a father a teacher and a lover question mark i mean that's what she wants right and she's not wrong like a lot of his decisions about her are involved with emotions i think if you want to treat the 30 minute story as a possibility then what she's doing is or what she's 
thinking is correct that batman is attracted to her he's confused by these feelings he doesn't know how to handle it he's very protective because Overly she because he wants her off the case with paris france because he sees that he's flirting and yeah. quote-unquote likes her he's like oh he's just taking advantage of you so you're off the case right. and she's like well, what are you talking what about you, you why are you kicking me off the case he's exactly like, I don't want you and i i mean i i get what they were going for they were going for he sees connections between paris and the joker so the joker and him and paris and and batgirl um that that the joker knows him so familiarly that that he can make these little personal quote-unquote love notes to to batman and so paris starts doing that as well although uh there's definitely um a, a very distinct sexual side to paris's uh you know contact with batgirl like he has he has call girls dress up like her and right. uh, he, he becomes infatuated with her. He's like, yes. this is the one that I want to conquer basically, but the ultimate for my black book. Um, but I, I enjoyed the, uh, the little throwaway where the call girl's leaving and she's like, Oh, here, here's my Batgirl mask. Right. Like, she, it's a redheaded call girl who comes out of the bedroom and hands his henchmen like the, uh, the Batgirl mask or something. And right. she's like, next, tell him next time I have my own masks or something. Right. Definitely. Definitely like, uh-huh. infatuation, which oh, perhaps yeah. Batman saw and whether it's because he wants to protect her or he just doesn't like that. Some other guy likes her. Who knows yeah. how I mean, far it, be, it is. It could be both. Could be both. It could be father, daughter, could be jealous. Oh, like you boyfriend. said, he could see that this could get really ugly because it's becoming more personal than just right. this is the bad guy. You have to stop the bad guy. That's just right. what we do. Right. Yeah. And, and that, so I, I get all that. And so if you want to look at it that way, then Barbara's correct that Bruce does have feelings for her, although they are confusing and ill-defined. And so she wants to take it to the next level and, and straighten it out. Okay. I get that. But then for Batman to shut her down and exactly. just so coldly and kick I, her to the curb, right. it's like, what? Like I lost respect for the B-Man. Like <laughs> I was like, Batman, you're a dick. I, 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 and that's the other thing I didn't like about it. I, am I supposed to respect a man who does this? Am I mm-hmm. supposed to think of this man as a hero? Right. I don't. In this situation, it's definitely the opposite. It is, it is and cruel and unusual. both sides are just, almost, they're just really troubled by this. And I think yeah. from Bruce Timpson, And it him, destroys their relationship. Right. Him there. and Azarella and Alan Burnett, who was the co-producer on this as well, mm-hmm. they talked about their relationship in this film and they wanted to explore that angle with they're both human they both make mistakes they both react wrongly to things and they kind of wanted to show these flaws in this this work quote-unquote work relationship turn into a sexual relationship and they both um react badly to it and it's supposed to show their human side that's according to bruce simmons they wanted to really play with that and see what that would do in in the film that's what uh, that's okay according well, to what bruce Tim sure was. but i just think it could have been handled better i mean right does reacting badly to it mean that you have to destroy your relationship right and, and i think the thing that bothered me the most is that this was the main reason why she gave up being Batgirl. She gave right. her back the costume like, at all. Can't do it. Yes, and that bothered me because in the comics, when before, right before this comic came out, 
she did retire as Batgirl was because she was doing all these other things. She was part of mm-hmm. like the, the U.S. government and working in all these different things. And she, I mean, she retired she for right. She retired for a very legit reason, and it still made her a strong character, sure. even if she's not Batgirl anymore. Sure. So I respected that she gave up the mantle because of that it's hard for me to see that she gave up being Batgirl because the guy she likes doesn't like her back and their work relationship is destroyed and she can't focus. Yeah. You're not going to get the, the bat, the bat D. So I'm out. You know, I can't, I can't handle it. I can't handle being around you anymore. Once you go bat. Right. Once you go back, you can't go back. You know, in London. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, this implication that because Bruce denies her, the penis implicates (laughs) that, you know, she's like, I can't function. I can't right. do anything. I, I, I found that insulting. That was a little disheartening. Yeah. I, I, was. I was sad for women everywhere <laughs> and girls who want to be bad. And yes, like. and a lot of women were upset at this part. And what's interesting to me is that we're about to get into the rest of the film. But w- from what I've talked to with people who follow the page and things like that, mm-hmm. this part of the film ruin the entire thing for them that is the like. number one that is the number one sentiment that yes. i got off of comic-con there were so many people that were walking out going i hated it this i love the comic and this ruined it i'm ruined i saw tears like this is you know people love this story and apparently it was just an affront and everyone was so excited and people were more excited about this than batman vs superman oh, and suicide squad so. well, when, you, <laughs> when you talked about the original voice cast coming back kevin conroy's batman and mark like hamill is the joker killing joke and the voice cast it's yeah a, it's a dream come everybody true. was like I've, i can't <gasps> wait yeah you know, we've been hungering for this since the 90s and here it is we're so excited and it was big hurt big stab in the face Ooh. and also the tantalizing holdout of the first r-rated animated exactly. film and everybody was like what are they gonna do what's the joker gonna do exactly. it must be something crazy yes. the killing joke that they haven't explored yet oh my god and it was just batman hooks up and have sex it could have and I suppose that part did that part make it rated R? Is there sure. something in there? We're going to talk about the rest of the comic now, but was now thinking back as a whole because right. I don't think it needed to be rated R. I, I think you could have gotten away with a PG thirteen. Um, yeah, I think the rated R was strictly because of the sex. I and I and I agree there wasn't enough. Obviously, there was no nudity shown or anything like right. that. It was yes. strictly. Which I think people thought they were going to see for some reason. I think because of the panels that Brian Boland in the original comic didn't put. And we saw that Barbara was completely nude. We figured in the killing joke joke that, oh, we're going to. Yeah, I think they thought they were going to expand on on what happened. And well, let's talk about that. We'll we'll move now into the killing joke area. But first, we're going to take a quick break. So stay right. Stay right with us. All right. We're back. Okay. (laughs) All right, so now we're officially going to move yes. into the, the so, what I call the part two. <laughs> part two the of killing the joke. killing joke. Yeah. Which, just to start, I really did enjoy this part. Okay. Because, I, like I said, I am a huge fan of this comic. Huge. And I know it. I know. And I almost know it verbatim without having to read That's it. That's true. You can probably recite the whole yes. thing. Yes. And so when I'm watching the movie and I'm seeing 
Batman go to Arkham and talk to Joker in the cell and then Joker getting the amusement park and the flashbacks and all of that that comes. I'm like, oh, that's from this page. And that's from that page. That's right. from this panel. I could see this panel. Yeah. And that part I really enjoyed. That was one of the things I really enjoyed about this yeah, film because they were very, they were as faithful. They were super faithful. <laughs> if you don't count the first 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just cut it off. It this doesn't is, make any this difference. This is part two just, for yeah, us. Exactly. This is part two, the killing joke. Here we go. Yes. No, um, I agree with you. Uh, watching basically the panels come to life was excellent. I, I really enjoyed it. I will say that, um, and we've briefly talked about this before in another episode, I think, but the art style was done. So the original art style was done by... So the original art was by Brian Boland and yeah. was colored by John Higgins. Right. And if you've read the first edition, first coloring of this book there are tons of neon greens and purples and oranges pinks and, and pinks oranges, and yeah. all these very yellows yeah. yellows these yeah. bright colors and and it of course stuck with the era at the time it was 1988 and a lot of the comics had these hues and this color scheme right so it fit perfectly but brian bolin in the end didn't like the coloring that John Higgins did. He thought that it washed out very serious moments or things that they could have done differently. Mm -hmm. So when they did the like 20th anniversary edition and Brian Bolin pinned and inked and colored this as well. And so the color palette looks just like the film. If you haven't read the deluxe edition, which includes this, an extra Batman story by Brian Boland that isn't in the original comic, mm -hmm. there, there's the same kind of the grays and the blues, and it's very subtle. The bright colors aren't there. Uh, he took that out completely. And what I do like more about the deluxe edition than the original, because I personally like John Higgins because it's very pop Yeah, art. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yes. talk about that in a second. Uh what Brian Boland did was when there are flashback uh, of Joker before he becomes Joker, he uses like the color red to highlight certain things. So mm -hmm. if he's in the bar talking with the other gang members about him going, being as the red hood to break into the chemicals Case factory, chemicals. the lobster that they're eating is bright red and oh, everything okay. else is a very dull gray or things I like that. You. And even in, in certain flashbacks, like the red hood, the actual hood is very bright red. Sure. Everything else, is kind of a muted color yeah. so i liked the focus on that that brian boland did that you can't see in here because now everything's there are all these different colors it's kind you're, of you're showing me the john higgins one yes um, yes yeah i mean i will agree with you like that's a neat trick uh it's it's used but to great i do effect, favor i and that's what one. i was gonna say like so th what you're talking about the red against the gray basically is a neat trick it's used for a lot of poignancy in film famous a famous example would be steven spielberg in schindler's, schindler's list. list exactly right. so you, even now you remember it yes um i prefer john higgins artwork or color work because basically the whole thing had such a crazy comic almost funhouse vibe to it that you felt the joker's presence in everything even yes. though you know he's not in i think the first quarter of the no of the book or whatever right but, it's um, more focused on batman right but it, it, the coloring gave the sense of you know you're in this clowny princely environment and that really spoke to me and spoke to the story about it so when he went back and redid it to all this muted colors I wasn't a fan. I respect the red thing that you're talking about. Like it's a, it's a cool visual trick. Mm -hmm. Um, but it didn't communicate the same vibe to me. Uh, the craziness. I think this book is, 
this story is essentially all about madness. Yes, and exactly. People Joker going wants, insane. Right. Joker wants to prove that any sane man can become insane after one bad day or one horrible event. Yeah, Everyone has that one, inside of exactly. them. So I agree with you with the colors. Everything is a little chaotic and it just feels... Surreal, psychedelic. Yes. Yeah. And it and I think Joker is that way all the time. That's right. what he like, sees. That's how he that, views everything. That's how he views and the world. And so I world. thought that was a wonderful... Uh, decision by john higgins uh to do it that way to and to the point that you on your now infamous instagram at one point posted a a, tr a movie clip of yes the, of a clip from the film being redone in john higgins style right and right. i gotta tell you i was riveted I, I must have watched that thing for like 10 minutes I where I was too. like, oh my God, this looks amazing. When it I looks first so found cool. it, I, I watched that three or four times before posting. I'm like, this yeah, yeah. is great. It's great. It really, really adds right. this it is really by, awesome atmosphere. Yes. Yeah, shout this guy out. Yes, it's by graphic designer Emil Gustafsson and his shout work out, is uh, Plan Making Mammals. You can find it on Instagram, on YouTube. That's his YouTube name. Yeah. And he redoes the trailer, the first trailer to it. Yes. And the colors are just they're in insane. John, yeah, they're in John Higgins style. It looks just it, like the John Higgins And coloring. it looks amazing. It looks awesome. And I can't, I can't, like even now I'm having trouble concentrating because I'm watching it. Right. But, you know. And it I would be like, great almost like, to have Why seen, didn't they do this? Yes. Why didn't they do it in this color scheme? Yeah, it was it would, amazing. I think it would have been fantastic. Like I it said, would have, it would have sold it to me. It would have gone a long way towards repairing the first 30 minutes. Yes. Where I would have been like, <laughs> this is great. Like, this is a real work of art. Not to say that I did overall enjoy the, the last the the second part of the film like i enjoyed the killing joke it was nice to see kevin conroy come back and it was nice to see yes. mark hamill come back and of course the story itself is you know a good one and i enjoyed watching it um but i i the color palette really it was it's so dull that it kind of takes away from the story and actually i have a question for you yes um when brian boylan redid the color what, did John Higgins have anything to say about it? I mean, he's essentially saying, "Hey, thanks for all your hard work." Not it's that I heard. I don't. He, maybe he did, but that wasn't publicized. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if he had an opinion on him redoing it. Right. And I'm, but I'm sure since Brian Bolin was so vocal about how much he didn't like John Higgins' original colors, I'm sure they've had a back and forth somewhere. Mm, yeah, and, sure. And maybe John Higgins was like, oh, of course he redid it because he didn't like right, it back sure. in the 80s. So, yeah. And even though I, I love both, but yes, I am a huge fan of the colors. Mm -hmm. I think that really captures what Joker's doing, just the madness of the entire story. Because the whole story is it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, it's about it's about a man going insane and trying yes. to trying to make another man go insane. Exactly. So, proving that everyone insanity. is crazy. And then also proving Batman, you're crazy too. You just decide to dress up like a flying rat and do it right. whereas I do it this way. I, and that's and one of the that's, main right. that's one of the best points of the story is that, you know, the Joker and Batman are essentially you know so similar right that, they're you know, mirror images right basically based, like in a sense as in raiders of the last ark they they address this with when indy confronts belosh <laughs> and he's like 
You're a shadowy reflection of me, Dr. Jones. <laughs> it would take only a nudge to make you like me, <laughs> to push you out of the light. That's one of my favorite scenes ever. But yes. But yes. It's the same thing. That And that is Batman and Joker's relationship to a T. They yeah. are yin and yang. And they all have had one bad day. Joker's bad day was he lost his wife and his unborn child, and right. then he had to be Red Hood, and then he had and to then go he up, and then he fell into the vat, and then his skin changed, his hair changed, and he became literally crazy. I'm sure chemical imbalance in there, all of that things, all of these happened mm-hmm. literally in, in one day. Sure, and that just made him snap. And yeah, Batman, of course, we know witnessing is, the parents exactly. He he witnessed his parents' death, but he decided to avenge their deaths by becoming this crime fighter. Now, are his methods a little insane? Him dressing up sure. and him doing these, of course. I mean, he's, I think, he spent twenty years training to become athletic perfection and, <laughs> and joining shadow cults, and, and he wants to be a vigilante. And now he runs likes around to run in, in the a, dark yeah, in, exactly. in, in, a in a bat, bat in a bat costume. Yes, so there, of course, is a little insanity to batman to a degree and i think that's that's easy to say and joker wanted to prove any man can go insane and that's why he and i and i and one of the reasons why i really like the story is it's so tragic what happens to barbara yet those panels those two pages Mm -hmm. when he opens the door to when he shoots her and she falls and he's doing that commentary on how she's she's a coffee table and you know the spine is broken in the book and all of these things and which that dialogue by mark hamill which we're going to get to in a second because that's one of the other major reasons why i love this movie yeah sure it's those two two pages those panels are just they stick in my mind so much and the art is amazing even though what is happening what i'm seeing is horrific it's tragic it's, yeah. it's horrific it's one of the worst few pages in dc comics and i, and I will say that uh this is the part that you're talking about i think when you say that everybody wanted to know what the r-rated stuff was going to bring yes we were i think everybody was secretly hoping we would get see him undress on, her or something or Just we would see you never know what happens he joker right. joker sends his henchman away and takes out a camera exactly and, and then you you basically later uh he's torturing jim gordon and he shows him pictures but you only get these kind of right which is the same thing in the book snapshots. you get these yeah. you don't even see right i mean things. you don't know what happened but right. so, so i think everybody was like what did he do to right her? and I that's really another thing i wanted to point out in that same bruce but Tim of course, interview they didn't touch it right they didn't touch it and there's this scene also in the comic it's only a one panel thing but in the movie they expand upon it when batman's trying to find joker and he goes to see the prostitutes and he asks them have you seen joker and right. they said no we usually do because after he breaks out of arkham he, he comes, comes to see first, us yeah and then batman's like why and then they snicker and say oh to have a good time and he's sure. like well did he come here and they were like no maybe he's found another girl mm. the person who inter- the in- did the interview for vulture asked did that mean that joker raped barbara because that's the other girl right and bruce tim said no that's not what we were trying to imply at all mm. from what we've read and understood it as is is Joker undresses, he shoots Barbara, undresses her, takes pictures, and freaks out her dad by showing him the pictures, trying to make him insane. That's as much as we saw. He didn't try to make that as, oh, he sexually assaulted her. It's all sexual violence. It doesn't matter if he raped her or not. Although, whoa mind blow what if what if joker did and then oracle's pregnant with joker's baby what <laughs> like who wouldn't want to read that 
bringing up bringing up Joker, Joker's baby raised by Oracle. Wow, what an interesting character that would be. Oh, I know. Like Joker's Joker as a kid. So he's got your mom's Oracle, but right. you've got the innate... So what side will he choose? Will exactly. he be the That's hero? What I'm saying. Like what an interesting a deranged villain? Would he be the anti-hero like Jason like, Todd? I want to like... I I read this right now because then he's going to hang out with Damian Wayne and like talk about whatever. That'd be that'd be really interesting like Talia and Bruce's kid goes up against Oracle and the Joker's kid. What? what? I think we should write this. I know. <laughs> DC, I, you, you got Get it from, in on from this. us first. Anyway. <laughs> So yes, I I think those panels just that that those series of events just tragic, but in the comic the art is wonderful. Oh, it's great. Um, so like I said, I really liked the movie because you the panels and the dialogue come alive, and then of course Mark Hamill as Joker was yeah, he, amazing. He was bringing it back, and I I, I think what was really interesting for me, um, not to cut you off, no, even though I just did. You're good. Was uh, <laughs> um. He did the Joker both in character as the Joker and also his yes. human, his his before madness counterpart right. was also Mark Hamill. Yes. And it was so different it that is I couldn't different. tell. And I had to listen to it. I had to watch it like two other times and I can now hear Mark Hamill in his right. in the normal and we don't even know his name which is another great part you get his backstory right but you don't even know his name don't yeah, know his first name i think his name. wife says honey or something. honey but that's it yeah, there's no <laughs> which is still great that still just shows how chaotic joker is and then he even says that he always likes to think of the past as multiple choice he always likes to think of where he came from mm -hmm. so he so even if he says, oh, this happened to me, it's not reliable to us, to, right. in a sense. No, no, he he's, a, he's a completely say, unreliable oh, narrator. nope, it was because of this. So, yes, he's, a def he's definitely an unreliable yeah, narrator. Yeah, the, the only reason that we are even remotely assuming that it has a grain of truth in it is because he's not, he's not telling it to anyone, he's remembering it. Exactly. And so... He's you're, not you're like, why would he lie to himself? But then again, he's a joker. <laughs> he's a joker. And his mind is crazy. It's broken. It, it is mean, completely you know. broken. It is completely damaged. But it's interesting now that you mentioned that, the past being multiple choice, that I wonder if that was an influence on Nolan's Joker, where he constantly comes up with, oh, do you know how I got I, these scars? I, I, totally you know, would multiple see choice that. essentially yes, like, exactly you know, he had oh, three different stories of how he got these cars so always fascinating with you london <laughs> we, we always come up with these cool stuff I, and real quick i will say this even though i prefer uh john higgins coloring um and especially on the trailer that that guy did um that doesn't i'm not trying to say that what was presented in the film was bad right the animation it was, was fine it was fine it, was. it just wasn't mind-blowing it just for this comic it just seems like yeah. it, they could have gone just completely insane with everything. Sure. It could have been extreme with oh, the yeah. visuals. Like we could with have gotten uh, some of the, some of the Max going on. I don't know if you've ever read the Max. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the, the the colors in there. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's what it reminded me of. No, definitely. So I th I think that it was, and like I said, Mark Hamill's Joker was great. Oh, and, it was great. And seeing the delivery of certain dialogues, and even when he sings the song "Looney," which I've never heard it sung before because it's never right. been anywhere before. Right, so, right. but the tune that they did and everything. Um, it was, it was great. I'm like, great. Ah, I couldn't yeah. picture it any other way than Mark Hamill doing Joker in, in the fun house. Sure. And so I, I did really enjoy that. Now, one other thing that I think people were upset about or thought they would see more of is the ending. 
They thought I that the a, ending I have an would. Issue with the ending. They thought yeah. the ending would tell them what happened. Yeah, that was the other thing. Re- if you read the comic, um, Batman, <laughs> Batman laughs at a joke that the Joker tells, and they end the, they end the comic by laughing together. Only, I, I don't know how many panels it is. It's like three panels or something. But right, it's it, about a page's worth. Yeah, uh, it's prestige formatting, so yeah, like nine so, panels. Right. Okay, and so the 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 top three are Batman starting to laugh. The middle three are both of them laughing, and then the bottom three are a laugh, and then the last two are, are dead silent. All right, it's just the rain falling onto the the pavement. Yeah, and you're wondering like, and what? you don't know what happened because it's it very goes, abrupt. It's exactly, not, it's not like the the laughter fades away. It just stops completely, right. utterly. And like so you're, right, it's like there's there's a ha 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 at the top, yeah. there's an e at the bottom, and then. It just goes to the ease, and so we don't know what does that mean. It's just like, and then it just stops. Yeah, there's just, no, no it more just cuts. And, it just and cuts off. There's one panel that shows Batman grabbing the Joker. Right, exactly. So, and that's it. And then it just and cuts people think, the, is he grabbing at his neck? Is he? What is he doing to him? Is he going to throw him? Yeah, is he going to shake him? We don't know. Yeah, they're up on a roof. But that's that was the purpose of Alan Moore. He said it is up to the reader's interpretation to figure out whether or not. Uh, Batman kills Joker or what happens and I think I discussed this a long time ago on Instagram but I gave my own opinion as to what that could mean because when the comic was made it was out of continuity right it was a completely separate story it wasn't part of the regular anything so could Batman kill Joker sure because Absolutely. the next the next comic, you're just going back to the regular thing. Yeah, Joke is there, that, right? And... and that's the glory of the one shot. Right. And also, I would I would say that it opens with Batman visiting the Joker in the jail cell. Yes, and saying this has to stop. Eventually, one of us will kill the other. Exactly. And so that's which is kind of a bold thing for Batman to say. I don't think he's ever like gone to the Joker to have a heart to heart before. We're going to kill each other yeah, if like, we, we don't need, stop. We this. need to figure this out. Yes. Like, come on. And so, you know, that, so that, that question, that sentiment, I guess, is, is kind of hanging in the air over the whole comic. And then at the end, you're like, oh my God, I think he killed him right. or something, something happened, but and we so don't know what people's and argument. We were, yes. we were hoping that that would be expanded right. on. But then of course it's, it looks just like the panels. He laughs, he kind of yeah. reaches out to Joker, then it fades to their feet, then it fades to the ground and that's it. But, but, the, but the, the laughter is not abruptly cut off. And it, it no it, it Joker's laugh stops stops but Bat- but, but, but but Batman, Batman still continues laughs. exactly and that I think lost it for me I was like I I no longer question what happened there I think it was just Bat- you know Joker finished his laugh and Batman continued for probably a couple seconds and right. I was like what a horribly mundane and <laughs> to compared to the the question marks the mystery yes. of and I think the, the and I think Azarello and, and and Bruce Tim and, and Burnett they all I think they wanted to be as faithful in this part two to the comic Except as as possible and maybe they, they didn't maybe they didn't want it to be clear what happened but it was too clear. That's my problem. Some people, but some people said they still don't know. Some people like, what does that mean? Does that mean that Joker just stopped laughing and that was it? Does that mean that Batman just choking him and laughing? That's why you can't hear Joker. What does that mean? And people uh, don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I didn't have any of these questions and I have a problem with that. <laughs> like I was like, Oh, I guess that's what happened. Cause the, obviously the audio compared to the visual panel right like you would be able to hear if he grabbed 
his throat or muffled his laughter. There would be some type there would of be some type of audio, audio audible cue. Right. And I, if I can hop on my directing hat here, go for it. Like you can, you could do that. You could have Joker and him laugh and then pan away down to the feet or whatever, a ruffle, a tussle, if you will. And then all of a sudden the laughter stops cut to black. That would have done the same thing. I would have been like, Whoa, what happened? Something happened. Who did what? I don't know, but they chose not to do that. It sounds too mundane to me. That's a problem. Also, I will say, and this is my final word, Kevin Conroy, whom I love and is, and is Batman. He (laughs) came back, he brought it, um, not to the same degree that I have witnessed in him before in other adaptations and animated films. So I don't know what happened there. Um, maybe there wasn't enough to work with or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. Like I love yeah, Kevin I mean, Conroy. The guy Kev, can read the phone yeah, book. He still Batman, sounds like, like Batman, yeah, you, but Batman. he just didn't have that oomph that you yeah, usually are, right. are used And I to. wonder, I wonder, this is me throwing this out there. Did the first part of the film so offset him, so like <laughs> upset him to the character that he like kind of lost his oomph for Maybe. it? It was I like, don't I don't know. Cause you know, the whole time they're like, you got to draw on what happened. You got to, you know, your character's been through this. This is what's fueling you. And, um, you know, maybe he was weirded out because he goes to see Barbara in the hospital. Right. Yes. And of course the implication is that this is the first time they've seen each other since the sex, uh, which again, I just don't feel was needed. And in fact, if you took that part out of it, it actually made the scene in the hospital more uh, emotionally potent because he goes to the hospital and he's acting all awkward and you're like, oh, is this because of the sex? But if you remove that from it, he goes to the hospital and he's acting all awkward because he's full of rage and he doesn't, he doesn't, he like loves Barbara and he wants to talk to her about it as a, as a daughter and he wants to talk to her about it. And they're like, you can tell he's like debating, like, should I take off my mask and talk, show it to her and all this stuff. It's this wonderful scene. If you remove the sexual BS from it, because basically you know, the, if, if you have the sex in there, it, it diverted it into a, a realm that I thought it didn't need to be there. Right. Because Batman would still have this rage and this anger and feel of, of sadness and all of these things, even without that part, because commission James Gordon's his friend, they work together oh, yeah. and Barbara, he cares for Barbara because not only just because that's Gordon's daughter, but she's back girl. she's back girl yeah. so they already his, have his this relationship this yeah. foundation you don't need anything else right exactly you she, don't, you she don't knows need to more add about anything him else. than you know anybody at this point i guess and robin's not around so exactly you know, she's him basically right all right well, well good good well, talk <laughs> <laughs> um, um and then of course after those final panels we see uh the last scene at uh, barbara is oracle or they introduce right, right. her no, that, as Oracle. Yeah, that's fine. And my whole thing is, um, and actually a few days after The Killing Joke was released, Tara Strong in a, in a short interview said she would love to voice Barbara in a Oracle movie. Oh, sure. Now, like, no man's land. What's <laughs> up? I'm waiting And my no whole thing land. is, if they do continue this in this continuity, because of course, in the other DC animated movies right now, there is a Batgirl that was seen in Bad Blood, but this is not the same Batgirl. 
What's Bad Blood? Um, Batman Bad Blood. It was like the last Batman, um, besides Justice League versus Teen Titans, but the last um, Batman animated oh, movie. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. And it has Batwoman oh, and cool. Batwing. Yeah. But at the at the very end, they show, um, and because Batgirl isn't part of the Bat family yet in these stories, oh, wow. and they show her, and it's in the style of Babs Tar, New 52, Batgirl, like the purple and like the, the, the gold boots and oh, all cool, that. Cool. And then she swings off to the screen. So it's implication that in the next major Batman animated movie in this timeline of this new 52 kind of timeline, we'll see Batgirl. So that Batgirl and Barbara, they're two different, Mm. they're two different Barbara Gordons. Right. Okay. So you could do a Oracle movie or however in this timeline. So are we, are we going to mention that her and Batman have had that relationship or we're just never going to talk about it again? Right. How would they approach that? Maybe. Sure. Well, I guess the big question is like, movie. if they did do that, I don't know if they will, they might not, they might say, Oh, this was bad. Even though the killing joke, when it did, when it had the, it did two nights. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the biggest Fandango event in history and made like $4 million dollars in the box office uh, yeah, for nobody, two days because nobody knew <laughs> nobody knew what was going on is my is my argument <laughs> like yeah the bomb dropped at comic-con and everybody was like oh my god but you know there's no such thing as bad publicity right so right, everyone's like it can't be that bad oh it is so like, my my whole thing is they're gonna either, pay for it first right so they're either going to continue in this continuity or they might just put out more animated movies in theaters to make money Who knows? oh absolutely i mean <laughs> uh, no that's the key I mean, obviously they're gonna do that again i have no right. doubt about that just, but I will Mm -hmm. say this also, like, Huntress was Batgirl for a while, right? Right. They could Mm -hmm. be introducing her. They could be. Because of No Man's Land. What's up? That would be a great... Wouldn't it? I'm telling you, London, we could write this stuff. And there's so much material with No Man's Land. That's so good. they won't so need to good. add any extra. No, they could do like a three a three movie arc. <laughs> they could because I'd, I'd own that, it and that, watch it yes, all the time. So it's much. So, good. Yeah. <laughs> so overall, I had a few problems mm-hmm. with it considering I was so excited and hyped to see it and just <gasps> I was just pumped. Just, oh, so excited, so hyped, so pumped. Uh, I had a few things. I'm still back and forth with if I accept uh, Barbara back or her background as this, mm-hmm. but I thought that for part two of Killing <laughs> exactly. Joke, it was as faithful as it could have been. And well, not quite, as some dialogue was removed. Yes, my, my biggest complaint is that he did that entire monologue and the talking Joker. to the Joker, talking to Gordon as they're putting him on the little the, the ride, and then he doesn't say the one line, which is my favorite line, madness is the emergency exit. He says literally everything else, and they skip right over that. Which I thought was such a weird thing what? for them to cut. <laughs> That's like, the, like one of the best lines in the entire book. It is. It's one of the it's, best lines in the entire book. It is. And... I was waiting for it. that sound bite. Yeah. I don't understand why. <laughs> I was like, either. oh, I'm going to make this my text tone. <laughs> like, I want that. But they didn't even, <laughs> but they didn't do it. it was, yeah, it's really That so kind of bummed me out. But as a whole, I didn't think it was a catastrophe. As other people said, Batman and Batgirl having sex did not ruin the movie for me, which I know a lot of fans felt that way. And sure. I understand but I, I still enjoyed it, and I have it, and I watch it from time to time because it's a killing joke. It's and my favorite. I'm just waiting it? for Nightfall to come out so I could just be oh, complete. That's coming. That's coming. 
That's That'd be great. Um, I actually would recommend it. I You'd think if you it. have read this comic before, mm-hmm. if you like the Joker, if you like this story, you should see it just because you've read the story. How many? How many bats out of ten? Hmm. <laughs> I think I'd give it seven bats. Seven out of ten. And mm. I think that's, that's 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 pretty reasonable. That's reasonable. I'm definitely down with that. Okay. All right. Cool. I would. Um, I think I would say, like, I would recommend it, but I would just tell everyone, like, just treat it as two movies. Avoid yes. getting upset and just right. treat it as two If you two try to rack your brain as to how it connects, you'll hurt yourself yeah. because it's yeah. not supposed to, I don't think. Right, right. <laughs> Which I was surprised. I thought Bruce Tim would say, oh, it connects because of this. And he's like, no, it doesn't. No, there's no justification. <laughs> there's none. So and I was like, oh. Weren't you telling me that the writer, like, initially apologized but then took it back? oh right it was more because at at, at the world premiere at comic-con mm-hmm. and someone kind of yelled out in the audience that oh she has sex with bruce and just said something and then azarella was mad and he was like what did you say pussy and right. was and he got mad yeah because of that. and then bruce him kind of had to intervene and explain why they had that relationship between uh bruce and barbara yeah but yes and and even on twitter he's like yeah i probably shouldn't have said it but that's what happened that, i'm a I mean, if if that's, I mean, I'm sure that everyone was so, it was in high anticip, intan, uh, anticipation mm-hmm. to see the movie, yeah. and he gets to write the screenplay, and I'm sure he made it his baby as much as he could, and I think any writer does. I think with oh, anything sure. they have. I mean, it's very personal to them. So if someone's bagging well, on it, he's trying to put his get, own twist on it, right, which, which I get. I understand, and especially since they're like, oh, we need new we need a new part uh, <laughs> of the movie because right. it's it's too short. Yeah, we need we need another twenty two minutes. Right. You know, you go ahead write twenty write twenty to thirty pages more. Yes. I get it. I just think that was the wrong direction to go in. Right. But whatever. So there were some good, there were some bad. Overall, I think if you've read the comic, especially you should see it. Sure. And it's Batman. I always argue that even if the movie isn't great, if you're a Batman fan, you should just see it. That's did all. you enjoy Batman being a cold-hearted dick? Hmm, that did kind of bother me. He was kind of like very mean to her and cold shoulder, and especially I mean, since he was ultimately the stereotypical jerk, right? And which is the only thing that's odd to me, and this is probably the last point we'll make. Um, that's odd to me about that is that it's not like he didn't know Barbara. That's it wasn't just a random hookup. Right? And it's like, oh, I don't want anything to do with you. We were a one night stand, and no, it was like he knows her. So why did he act so coldly towards her? I think you should see this movie because of of part two. Yeah. Because of the <laughs> book, not because Batman's a horrible uh, right, non boyfriend right. lover <laughs> guy, whatever you want to call it, a or jerk. however he, he's a jerk. Yeah. yeah. But part, just to see the comic come to life, I think you should check it out. And that's essentially where I come down on it too. Like if you want to see a, a weird Batgirl Elseworld like go ahead and see it um, but see the Killing Joke adaptation which is essentially part two uh, it's good and I, I would agree with you seven out of ten bats right. it's, it's good times all right. All right. Well, thanks. So, yes, I hope those who watch the movie, maybe you agree with us. Maybe yeah, you I mean, don't. Let us know. Of course, let us Hit know. London up on the you Instagram. Can, yep. You can, um, you can, uh, e- how can they get in touch? Oh, with yes. Me? You can email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com. You can follow and become a Gothamite and follow on Instagram at historyofthebatman on Twitter at Hist of the Batman and on Facebook at History of the Batman. But yes, if you um, let us know what you thought of the killing joke, maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't, maybe 
Batman and Barbara hooking up ruined it for you, just let us know. Or if you have a request for a future episode topic, we always want to know what you guys want to hear. Just any of that. You can always email me. And sometimes you have like contests and giveaways and stuff. Yeah. 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 So it's always, there's always something going on. So follow and subscribe either on blog talk radio itunes um listen on milkcomics.com and on stitcher i stitcher, believe yeah. so yes yeah, so all of those um rate subscribe tell us what you think i always am looking for feedback so i can make the show better for you guys yeah and feel free to read more comics come on down to meltdown yes. comics 7522 <laughs> sunset Boulevard. they might even have some killing joke at meltdown they if might. you if you want to read it, you can always request to get it from them, and they Absolutely. will ship it and get it to you. So, yes. And there's always something going on in Meltdown. Always. There's always. shows and events and who knows what. Um, but, yeah, there's also other shows on our network. Right. You can check them out. We're, we're getting ready for the new season where we're going to release, I think, three or four new shows. Woo-hoo. And it's going to be freaking amazing. But awesome. we'll keep it here yes. for History right. of the Batman. <laughs> because London... Peace, love, and Batman. Peace, love.